It's time for the Retire ASAP Podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fight. Welcome to the Retire ASAP Podcast, where our goal is to help you find freedom from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and I'm so glad that you could join us today. I have to say that I am pretty excited today. I'm just coming off of a vacation that was practically free for me. We had a free flight down and a free place to stay. So I'm telling you, it was a real relaxing trip and I'm ready to get back into the podcast talks because this week we're getting to talk about a brand new subject and that is all about portfolio design. And I know for a lot of people out there, they're not quite sure what investments they should be in and what investments they shouldn't be in. And so this is one of those things where we get to kind of talk a little bit about the details behind that. Now, we can't go into too many specifics, and we'll talk a lot about that as we go through this, but the reality is is that our industry is loaded with tons of legal compliance. What we can say, what we can't say, reasons we can and can't say those things, and it really comes back to we can't make you any promises because the markets, the stock market that is, and any sort of investment market, they're random and unpredictable. We don't know what the future brings, and so we have to be very careful with how we say certain things and report certain data because what happened in the past doesn't always mean it's going to happen again in the future. So as we go through this here today, I hope you would listen and kind of take some general notes to take back to your advisor because as our normal disclaimer comes across this podcast, we're not here to give you advice. I I can't give you any advice because I don't know you. And even if I do know you, I'm not thinking of your situation when we're having these conversations in the podcast. So I don't want you to think that what we're talking about here is going to be specific advice that I'm telling you to go buy this stock or go buy this mutual fund. What I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to give you a general idea of investment principles to keep in mind that you can share with your advisor, whether that's your legal advisor, your tax advisor, or your financial advisor, and see if you're on the right track towards your retirement. Before we get started, I want to just mention one thing that's going on with us. We have a Retire ASAP workshop. It's coming up here. It's going to be on September 5th, and we're going to hold it here in Worcester. So check out the show notes below. We'll have all the details according to what we're going to be doing, but it's a free workshop. And what we're really trying to do is give you guys a crash course on some general ideas and strategies to get you to retirement quicker, to get you free from work as soon as possible. And so if you're interested in joining us, go ahead and send me an email. My email address is taylor at fikeadvisors.com, or you can always hit the contact us page on our website and there should be a link to that in the show notes. Now, this podcast actually comes at the perfect time because while I was down in Florida on vacation on the beach, I was watching a little bit of what the United States markets are doing, like the S&P 500 and the Dow and the NASDAQ, which if we were to go into a lot of detail, which I'm not going to go into in our podcast today, but if we're going into a lot of detail, those represent a lot of the large U.S. companies that most U.S. investors would be invested in, depending on what their portfolios look like. And so I was watching some of those markets and it was quite the roller coaster ride. These last couple weeks, basically the entire month of August has been this back and forth and this up and this down and what experts would call volatility. We've had a lot of it here in these last few weeks, especially after we've watched this whole year, the U.S. markets, especially the S&P 500, almost go straight up. It's kind of funny when we look at some of those details. So this last month has been a little bit edgy, especially with the conversations and the expert fields of when's the next recession going to come? We haven't had a bad situation in the economy since 2000. Is there ever going to be an end to this bull market? And all these things that the news media loves to talk about and the gurus love to tout and they love to write their newsletters on. There's a lot of talk going on. So this podcast actually comes at the perfect time because today what I want to talk about is I actually want to talk about the benefits of a market correction. Now, I don't think we are in a market correction. A market correction has a lot of different details to it. 
If we are basing the definition off of what Investopedia says, they say that a market correction is a 10% drop from the peak of whatever the markets are at. And so I don't think we're in that situation now. There may have been a correction at the end of 2018, depending on what markets you're looking at. But again, I don't think we're in a market correction now, but I want to talk about some of the benefits of that. Because in the future, we may see one. Actually, we'll definitely see one. I don't know when. I don't know if it's this year, next year, 10 years from now. But we'll definitely see another market correction. It's healthy and it's good. I think my favorite analogy that I've ever heard of the markets is it's like walking a dog. Sometimes the dog takes off and you have to pull it back. That's how the markets work. Sometimes they take off and they get a little bit more pricey uh, for certain stocks than what we anticipated. And sometimes the markets just have to correct themselves and get them back into what I would call equilibrium or back into a healthy balance. And so market correction is good. I'm not scared of them. And in fact, I get excited because I think there's a huge opportunity for investors when markets actually correct. And for those who stay in it, there's an opportunity to build some substantial wealth in your investments. So today I want to talk about just a few things. I want to talk about what's going on right now. What is the news media talking about? I want to talk about what does that actually mean in the world of investing and how should you really think about that? And then three, I want to talk about what does that mean specifically for you? What should you do based off of the information that you know and hear and read wherever you're getting it from? What should you actually do with it? What's the practical step? So let's start with number one. What's actually going on? And so right now, there's lots of talk about tariff wars and the economic, global economic slowdown and just all kinds of stuff. There's Brexit and the UK, which seems to be a big thing that's going on over there. There's been talk so far because this year was the first time in a long time that there's been an inversion in the yield curve. And that's a real complicated thing for a lot of people to understand. But just know that it's something that's important in some of the economic outlooks for certain economists. But that doesn't always mean it is important. But in some people's minds it is. We also have the recent news of the deficit reaching an all-time high this year. It's already surpassed last year's deficit and we're not even to September yet. So there's just all these big things in the news and that seems to be what's driving the ups and the downs of the markets. And it gets people pretty nervous when you hear these things. And so what I want to do is I just want to talk about some of the things that you need to know. One of the things that you really need to know is that the news media has a lot of noise. And so while we may hear stuff about the tariffs and the all the wars that are coming on, the trade war and all this stuff that we're trying to decide with China, and then you may hear about, oh, other countries have slowed down completely. Europe is coming to a screeching halt. China isn't growing as fast. And there's all these different things that are going on. But the reality is, is that a lot of that stuff, while it is important to know and it's good news information, it may not exactly be the thing or the only thing that's driving the markets, whether it's the U.S. stock market international stock markets, individual companies. There's lots of different factors there. And while the news media would like to boil things down to just one little thing that caused the market to go up or to go down, the truth probably behind the situation is that it's more than just one factor. One factor may have played a role in the up or the down, but there's lots of different things going on under the surface. There's lots of different factors, like I said, that drive the price of a stock or drive the price of an index up or down. And some of those things are what they call fundamental factors. And those would be things that come onto the financial statements of a company. Does 
XYZ company have good earnings? Did they reach their profit goals? Did uh, they have whatever they released in a press release come out perfectly? Or did something go wrong in some of their processing and in their planning? And there's all kinds of different things that they can look at fundamentally and new news that comes out of a company that can drive the stock price. Another thing that you can look at is what's called technical analysis. And that's looking at trends and timing and things of that nature. And while some people really believe that's one of the only factors and one of the biggest factors when it comes to trading in the stock market, there are some other factors that play into it. Yes, I can't argue that there is no such thing as technical analysis that can change the price of a stock, but I must say that it's one of the few things in the smaller side of the scale, in my opinion, that actually changes things. Really, the fundamental side of things, and finally, one of the biggest things is the consumer sentiment. So what are people feeling? What are the emotions of people? It's kind of interesting to think that in 2008, while there was a lot of fundamental things going wrong with a lot of the financial community and causing a lot of issues in the stock market. One of the biggest reasons the stock market crashed so quickly is the fear of people when they started hearing the news media talking about it. They decided that, oh gosh, if the market's going to crash, I need to sell everything. And that actually threw gas on the fire of an already burning stock market in 2008. And so really, in my opinion, this again, only my opinion, I can't say this is the only way to go, but the two things to really consider when it comes to what is driving the market, I look at fundamentals. What are companies doing? Are they in good shape? Are these specific companies you're investing in doing good things? And number two, how are people feeling? If people are feeling pessimistic or down or negative about the markets, maybe that is a sign that something might come up only because one blip on the radar may cause people to panic and start selling. Now, while all that is really interesting, the reality is for you personally, a lot of this doesn't affect you. Yeah, there are some things that you can do if you're managing your own portfolio to understand and research those things. But if you have an advisor, most of that information isn't really important to you. What's important to you is actually listening to your advisor and talking about long-term goals financially that you may have. So this is the practical part. And I want to get down into the nitty gritty of that because for most people, like I say, their long-term goals are the number one driver that they should be focused on when it comes to their investment strategy. If their goal is to retire in five years, they need to choose their investment strategy so that it's ready for a market correction. Whether or not it's going to come in the future, we don't know, but they need to be prepared for that. They need to build a portfolio around that. They need to make sure that, and we'll talk about this in a couple episodes, in the third episode of this series, we're going to talk about risk. If you are planning on retiring soon, you really need to manage your risk to handle a market correction. Think of a portfolio, a really well-designed portfolio is kind of like an airplane. Airplanes are built for turbulence. I actually, I watched a video because I'm so intrigued by these things. They threw a frozen turkey into a airplane engine just to see if it could handle running through a bird in the middle of the sky without having any hiccups while it's flying. That's the kind of stuff that you need to be doing to your portfolio. I'm not saying you should throw a frozen turkey at your portfolio, but the idea stays the same. You need to be prepared for anything. You need to be prepared for the markets to have a correction. You need to be prepared for another 2008 where the S&P lost almost 40% in one year. You need to be ready and prepared for those types of things, especially if you're getting close to retirement. Or if you're younger and you're thinking, about, I have 20, 30, 40 years until retirement. You need to manage your risk accordingly to build up yourself to build wealth. So you need to take that extra risk and not worry about what's happening this year or next year, but worry about what's the long-term view of my portfolio looking like. Am I diversified so that I can get the returns from all different market sectors? Am I set up well so that I am not too heavily into a conservative type of a portfolio? Those are the things that you need to focus on. On the practical side of things, the only real thing that you can do in a market correction 
action that's going to give you the best benefit for your long-term goals is what we would call rebalancing. And that's making sure that you're buying the dip when it comes into a market and you're making sure that you're doing it systematically, not emotionally. You don't want to jump into the markets and you don't want to do something emotionally, especially like in 2008 when markets are crashing. The emotions are saying, get out of the market. But the science behind things is saying, you need to get into the market. The best time to buy is when the markets are down because you're basically buying your stocks on sale. In the history of all the stock market, there's never been a time where it's gone down to zero. And we can talk about how past performance doesn't predict future results. But if the stock market ever went to zero, I don't think we any of us have to worry about money being our thing. We need to worry about food, water, and a place for shelter. We do not need to worry about what our paper money is going to be doing for us because it's going to be worthless. But in the idea of if the stock market does dip and crash and has a bad situation for a short period of time, that's the time to put more money into it because you're buying it on sale in history. The bounce back has been the best benefit for everybody when they invest in there. Now, Again, here's the thing. You have to be able to stomach the losses and the pain and the the anxiety of a stock market crash to be able to build wealth out of it. You cannot get out of the market when the market's at its bottom and try to get back in when the markets are good because as most investors find out and what a Dalbar research group has shown is that investors invest at the wrong times when they invest emotionally. When they're thinking about what they feel, it's always the wrong decision. Maybe not always, but it's almost always the wrong decision because they are deciding based off of when things are good, I get into the market. When things are bad, I get out. And the problem is that means you're selling when things are low and you're buying when things are high. And what rebalancing systematically does is it takes that factor in of your risk saying, hey, I have this specific amount of risk I want to take. But when markets change and there's an opportunity in the markets, one of the best things that I can do is get in a little bit more into the stock side of things as the market's going down. And as the market's going back up, I'm selling off those stocks, getting more back into a conservative style of investing, maybe bonds or government securities of sorts, whatever it is, depending on how your portfolio is designed, that's the best way to optimize your portfolio in a market correction or a market crash. And that's probably the most practical thing to do. Now, here's what I'm going to say. I'm not telling you you should do that on your own. There's professional money managers out there. In fact, we use a handful of them within our office that we use for our client portfolios because we know that we're not ready and prepared technologically to take some of that on. And most individuals aren't. Unless you've been through some courses and you have the absolute best technology to be able to do this, it may be best to hire a professional to be on watch for your portfolio to do the rebalancing systematically for you so that your emotions are completely removed. That's what we always tell our clients. We do our rebalancing quarterly within our office. In some portfolios, we do it annually. But the reason we do that is because we are the ones who decide when to rebalance for our clients. We don't do it based off of what they say or what they feel. We do it based off of what the academic science has shown us to say, hey, we need to do it systematically to make sure we're capitalizing the best we can on any sort of market corrections at the time. And so again, I'm not here to give you advice specifically. You need to talk to your advisor about this kind of stuff, but it is important. Are you rebalancing? Are you looking at your risk profile and do you know exactly how much risk you're taking? Is that too much? If another 2008 came around, would you be shocked at how much you lost? Because if you don't know how much risk you're taking, you're in a very dangerous place. Like I say, in a couple more episodes, in the third episode of this series, we're going to be talking about risk so that we can get a little bit better grasp on how do we know how much risk I am taking? Is there certain things we can look for, certain things we can use to measure that? There is. And we'll talk more about that when we get there. So that's all I have for you guys today. Here's the biggest thing to take home. Don't panic in a market correction. It's an opportunity. 
You want to buy. You want to buy the dip. You want to be a part of participating in the market correction so that you can benefit on the way back out of it. The other thing you need to think about is how much risk are you willing to take and how close are you to retirement? We want to make sure that that kind of stuff is at the forefront. Those goals are at the forefront of your portfolio. So in the meantime, if you have questions on any of these things, feel free to reach out to me. My email address is taylor at fikeadvisors.com or you can always click the contact us and the contact us page on our website at www www.fikeadvisors.com. One other thing that we've been doing lately is we've been sending out what we call Retire ASAP Toolkits. They are free. We'll send them right to you. It includes a book that talks about some great strategies and some hurdles to overcome on your way to retirement. It also has uh, a checklist and a few other things in there that may be helpful to get you closer to retirement. It's free. You might as well. It wouldn't hurt to just check it out and get some more information on it. To do that, there will be a link in the show notes here to go right to our page. Just give us your name, your address, your phone number, your email address, and then we start sending that stuff right out to you in the coming weeks. So if you're interested in that, definitely click that link. One last thing, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about international investing. I know it's a hot topic here, especially in the world of investing that some people are just wondering, is international dead? Is it something we should even invest in? Should we just invest in the U.S. since they have lots of international exposure or some of the U.S. companies? These are all great questions. We're going to talk about that next week as we're talking about more about portfolio design and trying to figure out what's best for you and your portfolio towards retirement. So in the meantime, talk to your advisor, get some stuff figured out, and get yourself some planning done so that you can get yourself to retirement sooner rather than later. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.